You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Psalm 63, verse 1. Uh, when I uh, decided uh, to put this verse in uh, the book, I went with the NIV translation rather than the uh, ESV because I loved the way they chose the words. Uh, and I memorized this. Uh, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My I thirst, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. They changed the translation a little bit. Uh, but I identified with this. Um, suddenly the world that, uh, you know, I had been living in, which was so full, filled with promise, uh, suddenly was uh, empty of all of that. And uh, in another book, when I, uh, I think I used this verse, uh, I wrote about a time being in the Selway Bitterroot uh, Wilderness and uh, running out of water. We may have talked about that in one of our other recordings. Uh, but the idea of uh, 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 deep thirst, in other words, a, a desire for something that you don't have, uh, and, and being in a place where it's not readily available, is a metaphor for the human condition where God has been excluded uh, from our life, from the world, as we, you know, as we seek our own ends, we've actually walked right into a desert. And yet there's something in our hearts. God put eternity in the hearts of men. That's in Ecclesiastes. Uh, we still have this longing, this thirst for God, even though we may not even be able to define it correctly, but there it is. I think it's still there, uh, no matter how thirsty and parched, um, uh, uh, our throats are. Yeah, if you think back to moments when you were physically parched and just longing for water, Eric, you've told stories about being on the hiking trail. I think of days of playing basketball in college and the coach would blow the whistle at a certain point in the practice and you would just dive over to the water bottles just feeling totally parched or in Mali where it was so dry, you didn't even know you were getting parched. And all of a sudden, you can actually taste the thirstiness uh, in your own mouth that's there. It's kind of hard to explain. And this happens to our soul. You, It kind of sneaks up on you at times. Sometimes you keep maybe even falsely uh, taking care of your thirst, drinking of things that give you temporal relief of the thirstiness. But there's this deep longing with inside, as you described in the words of Ecclesiastes, that only God can meet our thirst. And here the psalmist is seeking for God. He's desiring more. He just feels like he's in a spiritual land where there is no refreshing. Uh, to the woman at the well in John 4, uh, Jesus says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so Jesus is taking it, uh, the experience of physical thirst, which, uh, as you were talking, Chuck, it just kept reminding me of how dependent we are on uh, things like water that we don't even think about most of the time. 
or if we're thirsty, we go into a store and get uh, Gatorade or, or some uh, water equivalent, uh, and we satisfy our thirst. Uh, but Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. And if that's not part of our life, we remain thirsty, whether we acknowledge it or not. Yeah. And the great thing is that later on, John makes reference to this, this spring within us that's waiting to bubble up to eternal life. And he gives commentary or narrative to Jesus' words. And he says, Jesus, when he said this, meant the Holy Spirit. So in our spiritual thirst, if we will turn to God, the Holy Spirit is a drink that will keep on satisfying us uh, when all other drinks will fail.